Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and this month I'm re-releasing all the episodes I made for iHeartMovies on the original Star Wars trilogy, including the holiday special. These weren't Disney when they were made, but I guess they are now, so hopefully you'll enjoy these either way. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to iHeartMovies. Today we're finally getting back into our Star Wars series with Nikki from Trivial Theater. In the next episode, we'll be doing a long-awaited episode on Return of the Jedi, but before we get to that, there were a few new Star Wars web series that came out since the last time we did one of these episodes, and I wanted to talk about them before we get to Return of the Jedi. First up, we have a couple of cartoon web series for kids. These were released on YouTube as well as the Star Wars website. They're kind of like the documentaries I've been wanting for years, except they're cartoons. And then there's also a new Disney Plus series called Galaxy of Sound that is kind of in the same vein as the two Disney Plus things we talked about last year, Star Wars Biomes and Star Wars Vehicle Fly-Throughs, except it's about sounds. And just a heads up, we recorded these in May, and I know that we referred to a bunch of things around that time that had yet to be released, so if you notice us talking about something in the future, and it's something that came out months ago, that's why. Anyway, we've got a lot to get through, so let's just get right into things with Nikki. So the first one that I heard about, I think it's like a, a little over a year old now, is the Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures. And this is kind of what I want. Like, I think we talked about this in the last non-movie episode where we were just talking about the Disney Plus stuff. Like, I've wanted, like, a documentary series about creatures. This is not exactly what I wanted, because this is just, like, flash animation. It's built for kids, but... Yes. It's close to what I want. So, it's, like, it's tiding me over till somebody eventually... (laughs) I hope somebody eventually does, like, a real live-action, well, CGI version of this. And one thing, too... um like there um it's like back in the day you had like the encyclopedia of all the different kinds of like creatures and things like that mm-hmm. this is kind of a visual version of that yeah kind of i mean they even go scientific with like measurements and kind of some of the like a random fact about them i mean they're they're it's mm-hmm. a well put together thing yeah it is and a lot of it is stuff that you wouldn't even know just watching the movies mm-hmm. and even some animals that aren't in the movies I'm sure you probably saw some things you did not recognize. Yeah. Well, you kind of, most of them I knew, like the, the Vorp, I'm trying to think if it was the Vorpak that Vorpak I wasn't. Vorpak is the, the little cat dog creature thing with long legs on Naboo. Yeah. And that was in Mandalorian, the, the, um, Blor- the Blarg, Blarg? Blur- Blarg was in Mandalorian. Yeah. The okay. Fish, and then the fish T-Rexes is what I thought they looked like. <laughs> <laughs> like giant tadpoles. And then, um. The uh, Charhound. I really liked it. Like the other them, I think the Charhound was my favorite. Charhound, I'm hoping, will be in a movie eventually because from what I've heard, the Charhound is something that's in, what do they call that? It's the, the era before the Empire. Oh, Republic. Like 100 years the, before the Empire. I like the Republic. High Republic. Right? High Republic, yeah. 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 So apparently the Charhound is in that. And I haven't read those books, so I don't know for sure. But um, I'm pretty sure I read that that's where the Charhound came from. I kind of assume that they maybe came from Mustafar, being that they were so like, I mean, not that they're lava, but they're kind of in that realm of like they're they're very hot. They melt everything. I, maybe they are. Uh, the cartoon said that it was from Alfrona, which I mean, a lot of these creatures are on multiple planets, so yeah, it could no, be on Mustafar too. And I guess that's just where my head went with that. But I, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the series stars two droids named. SFR3, which is a safari droid. If you look at the letters, it kind of says safari, and it's short for, they call him Ari, mm-hmm. like the R2 and 3PO. Mm-hmm. And the other one is called Cam, and he's a Cam droid. He just kind of flies around and films everything. He's also much better at training than Ari is. <laughs> the Cam droid does not have a voice. The Ari droid is voiced by somebody named Matt Sergis, and I could have sworn that he sounded so familiar, but I looked him up and I didn't recognize anything he was in. Mm. Yeah, I didn't recognize anything either, but I didn't look him up. So, I mean, his voice definitely had that familiar tone, but yeah, I, I guess I didn't look that much into it. But yeah, no, agreed. His voice is definitely familiar from something. Mm-hmm. And they work for the Galactic Society of Creature Enthusiasts. <laughs> 
and they broadcast all these things to the hollow net, which I guess is the Star Wars version of the internet. I think it's uh, been mentioned in some expanded media before, but it's not like something that's mentioned all the time. Right. That or it could also be like a, yeah, I suppose a hollow, like hollow net or, 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 or internet, or it could be like a, not a news network, but like a informational yeah, something thing. Like that. Yeah. It's a YouTube channel you should totally subscribe to. <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> so I'm not sure if these had any specific order. There's, there's, they're different orders on different places. So I'm just going to go in the order that I watched them yesterday when I made the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first one I watched was the Rancor, and the Rancor is on Dathomir, but it said Homeworld Unknown. Well, according to if you go, um, is it Legends? Is the like the series of books that came before Disney bought? Yeah, Legends. On Legends, the Rancor was. Um, Dothomir was a, a force, a heavily force-sensitive area, and that is where mm-hmm. Rancors originally came from. Yeah, Dathomir. It's once once we get to the Clone Wars, Dathomir is one of the a very prominent planet in several arcs. Nice, because that's where the witches of Dathomir live. Yep, and they're they're force-sensitive. They just use their stuff in different ways, at least according to the legends. So, yeah, the the well, we'll talk about it when we eventually get. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, and it's not the quite the same thing, but yeah, now I get it. And I do still have to get on to Clone Wars at some point. Yeah. Eventually, I want to do, like, maybe not talk about the entire series, but maybe, like, pick out some specific arcs to talk about, because there's oh, a yeah. lot of episodes. It would take forever to get through the whole thing. I mean, you can always do uh, series breakdowns, too, you know, kind of the over overarching themes and the characters and whatnot. The main plot of this one was they wanted to clean the Rancor's teeth. And I think that they were basing this on the symbiotic relationship between like alligators or crocodiles and those birds that clean their teeth in real mm-hmm. life. So you have these like toothbrush birds <laughs> in this cartoon. <laughs> and I, they don't have a name because I looked them up. I, I don't think they've been in anything else. So I don't know how canon <laughs> this series is, but it, on Wikipedia, it's listed as canon. So. Yeah, well, and it's okay. on Star Wars. Like Star Wars is no, wait, it was on Disney. No, it was on Star Wars. Like the StarWars.com, right? Yeah, StarWarsKids.com. I guess. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was on StarWars.com, but they made a whole other website just for these kinds of cartoons. Oh, uh, that makes sense, though. Kind of keep it. It's like YouTube and YouTube Kids. You know, kind of keep it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if it's on that, like it, that's kind of an official site. So I would assume that yeah. whatever is on their official site would be canon in theory. Yeah. And that's basically all for that one. It was just, they're they're all really short. This is just they learned that you don't need to brush the rancor's teeth. The toothbrush birds are going to do it for him. <laughs> yeah, this kind of reminded me of was um like uh, Steve Irwin. You know, he does like one specific thing on a, on a, each different animal. Mm. You know, so it gives you like something specific to focus on. Yeah, so you're not covering the entire history of rancors. You're focusing on brushing teeth mm-hmm. or writing or whatever. The next one was the tauntaun. And the point of this one was he wanted to tame a tauntaun and it was basically just him trying to ride the thing and then feeding it. I think it was called, I didn't write it down. Jogan uh, pie or something. Jogan fruit or maybe Jogan berry, fruit, but something Jogan like fruit that. pies. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like I've heard that before. So maybe that Jogan fruit is in some other series. I don't remember where I've heard it before. Quite possibly, but they look tasty. <laughs> Then after that is the Nexu on the planet Cholgana, and that is the cat with a spider face. <laughs> yep, from uh, the Attack of the Clones, right? Yes, the one of the creatures that was in the gladiator pit. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, I, I feel like I've read in the past that this has been a creature that's kind of been captured and taken around to other planets so i think they were leaning into that with this cartoon because they had the droids having to rescue it from poachers i was kind of wondering what the poachers were like the way that they were wrapped up kind of gave the impression of a tuscan raider but i don't think that's true like that wouldn't be someone that would you know be a poacher yeah i don't i don't know i should have looked that up i don't know if they would even say what they were i don't even know if they Probably were supposed not. to be something specific but yeah, I don't know. They did kind of remind me of Tuscan Raiders, but those are like specifically on Tatooine, and I don't think that they fly off planet. No, except for that one ambitious one that went off and tried to rule the galaxy. But we don't talk about him. 
(laughs) (laughs) And after that is the Char Hound on Elfrona. And the point of that cartoon was they wanted to play fetch with him and he burns everything. So they had to figure out something to use that he wouldn't burn up. It reminded me of the foxes in The Last Jedi in that they reminded me of Pokemon. Oh, 100%. They had, they definitely had that feel of all the creatures. Mm-hmm. It was the most, okay, we've got like this basic human an- or basic earth animal. What can we do just enough to make it different? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of, he kind of was like a little dragon, except. Well, he was adorable. He was kind of toothless. <laughs> like toothless, the dragon, not, yeah, not yeah, yeah. generally toothless. <laughs> and then you have an episode on the Kowaki and monkey lizards. These, again, going into other shows, if you've watched, which show is it? It might be Rebels. You you find out that there is another species on the planet Kowak that are kind of related that are called the Kowakian ape lizards (laughs) (laughs) that are basically gorilla versions. Oh, God. They're kind of horrifying, but it's hilarious to me. And I wanted them. I wanted them to like show some sort of relationship between the two. Maybe they'll make more episodes and do those. But I, th- I thought that was hilarious that they have the Kowakian monkey lizards and then the Kowakian ape lizards. Can you imagine Salacious Crumb as a Kowakian <laughs> ape m- lizard? <laughs> Giant buff thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be terrifying. And Jabba the Hutt is like his pet. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be a spinoff. Agreed. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> then you also have an episode on Minox. They're on an asteroid, but uh, the thing at the end said their homeworld is Ord Minox, which I'd never heard of before. So it was interesting that they actually came from a place. I guess I always just thought they were a thing that flew around in space. Yeah. And how do they do that without any air being the vacuum? That's crazy. I don't know. But that worm thing in... The last uh, empire, the one that was hiding inside the asteroid, that thing didn't need to breathe. So no, true. Really, the Minox don't either. Exactly. There are many life forms out there. It was actually kind of a cute little, like the way they did it was kind of a cute horror thing. Like just the way they tried to do it. <laughs> it kind of was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then when they got rid of them, I thought it was like an homage to Wally because they launched everything out of the ship and then they flew back themselves using a fire extinguisher. Yep. <laughs> I mean that is a that is the NASA approved way to do it. So another thing that I didn't know at the end when it said like the fun facts, it said they reproduce by splitting in half, and each half <laughs> becomes a new Minoc. Nice. <laughs> then you have the Tuca. I always called them because I watched Star Wars Rebels. That's the first place that I saw them. I guess they were in Clone Wars too, but I didn't notice them there. The, on Star Wars Rebels, they were called Lothcast because they were on the planet Lothal. And these are another animal that is shipped all over the galaxy because mm. they're pets. So they're everywhere. But the general name for them apparently is Tuca, not Lothcat. But if you're on Lothal, then it's a Lothcat, apparently. Mm-hmm. That one and the Vorpak kind of like they kind of both had very cat like characteristics. Yeah, kind of. Like this one more so as a cat specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cat. To me, it looks like it has bird legs. Oh yeah. 100%. Apparently the, the Tuca was named after Dave Filoni's cat, whose name was Tuke. Ah, cool. Apparently the, the creature was first introduced in a star Wars role-playing game, but it didn't, it wasn't given like an actual name. Like they gave it some kind of scientific name. But Dave Filoni, when they started doing Clone Wars, he wanted to use this animal and decided to name it Atuka. Nice. Well, and everything has some kind of a name that way, so. Mm-hmm. And then back on Hoth, there's an episode about the Wampa, and it's sick and it needs a cure, and the cure is make it colder. <laughs> <laughs> it's subverting expectations. <laughs> then we have the Vorpak on Naboo. This one... If it's in anything else, I haven't seen it. The first place I saw it was the show Star Wars Resistance because it was the one of the main characters had a pet, Vorpak. And to me, this is one of the ugliest things ever. <laughs> I do not like them. <laughs> They're like so weird. Agreed. I'm not a fan of the design. <laughs> that, that, like of all... I. 
if they ever do it in live action, I don't know how it's going to translate to live action because the thing looks like a cartoon. I, but I thought the same thing about the Tuca, and they had one of those in The Mandalorian. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll look better in live action. But I thought I thought they're ugly. I don't know why people <laughs> want them as pets. Well, you know, I mean, look at look at the uh, Banthas. Those things are smell like hell and all the rest. <laughs> but you know, they they still ride them around. You know, there's probably other options out in the desert. Well, according to the Bantha episode, they have mesmerizing eyes, so there's got to be some bonuses to owning them. But they always cover their <laughs> eyes, so how, how would you even know? <laughs> uh, you give them a little hairstyle once they have a bath, and then you can see their mesmerizing, beautiful eyes. Yeah, for like two seconds until they <laughs> shake it off and go back to doing what they do, sweating like mad so they can, you know, smell. Well, who knows what the Tuscan Raiders look like? Maybe they maybe they identify with the Banthas. And that's, that's why true. they're all covered up. That's true. Smell is subjective, really. Or what smells good and bad is very subjective. And then there's the Blurg, which those were on the Mandalorian. And apparently, I didn't know this. They first appeared in one of the forgotten Star Wars movies from the 80s, Ewoks the Battle for Endor. Oh, okay. Nice. Those, so, those are weird little, those are, I haven't seen them forever, but those are weird little movies. I've never seen them. We, one they're, of these days we'll have to do those too. They're like a step above the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe I got from them. But I mean, the entire, the entirety of movies in the eighties was essentially a stepped up version of the uh, Star Wars holiday special. That's kind of <laughs> true. Yeah. There are moments. <laughs> They'll have that one moment in them. And I didn't remember this, but their first canon appearance is in an episode of Clone Wars called Liberty on Ryloth. And I went and saw the picture of them. They look a little different, which is why I didn't remember that I'd seen them before. They have different eyes. They're kind of uglier in the Clone Wars version. (laughs) They look a lot better in The Mandalorian. Well, and and at least with like this specifically, they're meant to make them cute. So yeah. yeah, if you're talking Mandalorian versus that, they're, they're definitely not going for just cute. <laughs> at least I don't think they are. Yeah, and we had the episode on the Bantha was kind of funny and cute. And I loved how he, he was like ta- so taken by this thing. It was still ugly, but like in a cute way once he put up the hair. <laughs> yeah, bows for days my god where would you find bantha bows in the middle of the desert he must have had a stash on his ship yeah otherwise you're gonna have to go all the way to anchorhead or anchor anchorhead <laughs> to be able to get those because you can't find them in most Isle. i've tried <laughs> doesn't seem like Tatooine would be a place where you could readily find bows and other fineries like that <laughs> i suppose not you know because there's sand because it's coarse and it's it <laughs> everywhere including bows <laughs> And the last episode is on Porgs. And of course, <laughs> this one took place on Batu, which apparently they were imported there. Batu is the place uh, that they have the Star Wars Disneyland rides at. Like that's the oh, cool. that's the planet, I guess. But of course, their homeworld is Octu, which we saw in Last Jedi. So do uh, do the Porgs get to ride the rides at? back to for free being that they live there i think they're too short (sighs) always not even the teacups (laughs) maybe if somebody straps them in and holds on tight i mean what if you put three of them in a trench coat or four of them in a trench coat and they're they're tall enough to ride would that help would that work if they can get past the ride guards then they deserve to get on the ride I think all the ride guards would probably just be stormtroopers that have been demoted. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Batu. I want to see this in a cartoon now. <laughs> and there's another animal in this one called the Batuan Braga Bear, which apparently is mentioned in a book that I don't know about. I think I read that this was their on-screen debut. Ah, huh, cool. Good for them. And yeah, that's the end of that little mini series it was cute i kind of want more but i would rather have a live action version of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like i say i mean the fact that they used like they gave proper measurements it wasn't just like some random star wars you know measurement it actually was in centimeters which you know proper mm-hmm. like scientific stuff and then i guess this next series is a spin-off of that one and i didn't 
I don't think I even knew about this one until I started looking into because I remembered having seen the other one and I wanted to talk about it. And I was like, oh, there's another one. So this is Galactic Pals. And this is a droid called M1RE or Miri and Cam E. And they live on the Youngling Care Space Station. I think there's going to be more episodes because there was a bunch of babies in the beginning that you mm-hmm. never see. So. I guess we could look forward to more after these. <laughs> and this, uh, I mean, obviously this is made for probably this, like the galaxy of creatures felt like it was maybe like a little older kid. This mm-hmm. was definitely made for probably like preschoolers or a little probably. younger, just the way it was set up. Um, probably. Yeah. It's like Muppet babies. Oh yeah. Star Wars babies. <laughs> what was the, the kid, the, Nanny on Muppet Babies. They should have. They should have named the the droid Nan E. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a more direct reference to Muppet Babies. Yeah. So this one, first episode, is on Wookies, and the Wookie is having a tantrum, so she gives it a Wookie cookie. <laughs> and then there's an episode with an Ewok. The Ewok is like that thing had to have been designed with merch in mind because that thing is going to be a teddy bear someday. Oh, I yeah. mean, Ewoks were already like teddy bears, but that thing was like extra adorable. I think I remember seeing something about, and I could be wrong on this. I was looking through the trivia and I thought they mentioned, and I, I could be wrong on this, but it was originally in return of the Jedi Endor was supposed to be home to Wookiees. Um, but then they, I think it was a merch thing that they turned them into Ewoks. I think, but I, I can't find the piece of trivia. Mm. I read it someplace, but I got no idea. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. But the the Ewoks episode is about it. It's very shy. It doesn't want to play, but then they have a music party. And of course, apparently he loves Ewoks love music because they did in Turn of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. that's how they get it to not be shy anymore. And then you've got an episode on Jawas. Jawas apparently are the only one that they have multiple babies of on this space station because they're going around stealing everything, but they're building a sand crawler. So I guess they needed a sand crawler. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's in their DNA to have a sand crawler. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode with a baby Rodian, which I thought it was kind of cute that they leaned into the design of the Rodian and they had its weird fingers actually be suction cups. Mm-hmm. I never really given that much thought before, but that Rodians do have weird suction cup looking fingers. Apparently they, they are actual suction cups and they can stick <laughs> forever if they want to. Oh yeah. Well, if they find someone that they like, you know, you just, it's a way to hang on to them. Like a cute little nanny droid. And then there's a hotlet. <laughs> the, this hotlet is way cuter. There's a, there was a baby hut in Clone Wars in the movie. I don't know if you ever saw the movie that I, I have the series, but Jabba has a son named Rada the Hut, <laughs> and it is the ugliest thing. <laughs> this was adorable compared to that. Yeah, well, you don't want to scare kids off. You want to make sure that the huts get equal time to be able to be cute and you know have friends as well. So they make them extra cute. Yes, I don't think Rada got very many friends. He's probably going to grow up to be as evil as his father. Yeah. I like father like son, I guess. <laughs> I keep waiting for him to show up in some kind of expanded media because the only place you've ever seen him was this tiny baby hut in the Clone Wars. It's like, why? where'd he go? Like, he's not in Return of the Jedi. He's, he doesn't show up in any later films or TV shows. He's, like, he's off him. at boarding school learning how to be an <laughs> evil bad guy, you know, because... He didn't, he did, you know, Jabba didn't want him around the palace because he didn't want him to have a bad influence. Send him back to the hut home world to learn how to be a gangster. Actually, probably. <laughs> now, Hutta was quite a place, at least in Legends. There's a, an arc in Clone Wars that takes place on Nal Hutta. Nice. There, there are some interesting huts in that arc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is one that I forgot about and... Because I watched, like, it took, I think the episode aired, like, 2008 or 2009, a long time ago. I, I've forgotten most of the early episodes mm-hmm. of Clone Wars. So I was reading about Nal Hutta, and someone mentioned Mama the Hut. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this at all. So I looked up a clip. I had forgot this thing dwarfs 
all of the other huts. She is like the queen mother hut. Nice. <laughs> She's massive. <laughs> I hope they do a live action, <laughs> something live action on now Hutta someday. I, event- I imagine they'll do there something eventually, as long as they can get away from doing stuff that's specifically around the Skywalker's solos yeah. and Palpatines. Yeah. And Fets. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Mandalorian is at least, you know, it steps outside that somewhat. Yeah. It's it slightly revolves around some of those characters, like they come in and out. But yeah, it is it does stand on its own a lot better than most everything else has. Agreed. The last episode they had was a baby Gamorrean, which are the little green pigs that become Java's guards. This thing is kind of a bully, but apparently it just has a loose tusk and it needs to lose its tooth and then it's nice again. Uh, you know, when, when they said the Gamori, uh, the Gam- Gamorians, all I could think was uh, Glamora from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is that does sound similar, and they are both green. So yes, that's that's where the maybe (laughs) that's kind of where it ends. And then in the beginning and end, that you see a bunch of babies, and there's ones in here that you do not see. There's no episodes for, and I don't know if they're gonna like expand on this to non-sentient species. But they had a porg, and a tauntaun, and a rancor, also a tuca. And then they had a couple that are sentient that you never see. There was a Gungan, and I, th- I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Ortolans, Ortolans, which is the, the Max Rebo species. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, they did say, like, there was a thing at the bottom of the list that said coming, more coming sooner, coming weekly or whatever. So oh, okay. I would imagine they'll probably keep coming out with them. Probably. But that'll be interesting to see, even if it's a little thing made for kids, to learn more about the Max Rebo species, because apparently they're, they've changed them from what they were in the Legends. Because apparently, in Legends, they were like a little blue bipedal elephant. And, and this could be wrong, because you haven't seen, at least I haven't seen anything with them, but apparently they don't have legs now. Like, they, ah. they're in the, the little chairs that float around or something, because they don't have legs. Interesting. So it'll be. They just need the kind of walkers that they use for um, the bottom half of Darth Maul. Wasn't that a thing in? Um, uh, was it the Mandalorian? Oh, did um, or, or what? Was it a cartoon thing? It was a cartoon thing. Um, there, there's two versions, or maybe three versions. Darth, Darth Maul had the first thing when Darth Maul first reappeared in Clone Wars. He was like insane, and he scrapped together like these spider legs. Maybe that's that what, what you're talking of. about. I think so. Because didn't he appear at the end of some series? Like that was one of the big reveals was he shows up at the end in, of whatever this thing was. In the solo movie, he was in. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know if they made anything for his legs or not. I think I think he was just on a throne. Okay. But I haven't seen maybe, it in a while, so I don't remember. Maybe it was. Oh God, I, I apologies. I got all my stuff screwed up. That's no, fine. <laughs> Uh, the first time that he came back, he was like insane, and he he like li- lived in a junkyard, and he'd scrapped together these terrifying spider legs. But we'll get to that. That's that's one that we would need to do like an actual like a podcast on that arc of the series. Oh, absolutely. And then the other little mini series that I found was another Disney Plus series, Star Wars: Galaxy of Sounds. This is like. I, I don't know if you've seen this. There's a different series on Disney Plus called Zenimation. I can't that? say that I, I have not seen that. Zenimation is anything from the official Disney canon, but everything but the sound effects have been stripped out. So they have like themed episodes, like anything with water. It'll just be like scenes of water. And it's like, it's just kind of like a really soothing thing to just put on and just kind of chill out to. Oh, Nice. And it's one of my favorite things that they've done for Disney Plus because it's something like they would never do this for like an actual TV show, but Disney Plus is like the perfect place to put something random like that. Oh, yeah, definitely so. So, this is like the Star Wars version of that. It's basically a series to celebrate the sound designers because there's so much that go into these movies and TV shows you just kind of take for granted and you don't oh, yeah. really pay attention to the background noises. I really like that. So it's really cool to see all of these scenes 
with no music, no dialogue. You're just hearing all the sound effects. It's really absolutely. Cool. Well, and at the end of each episode, it said it was dedicated to the sound and visual effects mm-hmm. people that bring it to life. So I wish yeah. they had led with that. Like put that at the beginning, because, you know, if you're mm. watching these things, you don't necessarily stay until the, the last 10 seconds or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. It is, um, you know, you think about the layers of, of everything that goes into any movie or any experience. And then, you know, sound effects too, you know, you've got even just the, the, the din of a ship, you mm-hmm. know, in the background, like it's amazing how much goes into it. Mm-hmm. So with this, there's not quite as many episodes as there are in the Zenimation series, but you have seven themed episodes. The first one is Wonder, and it's basically just scenes of like ships flying through space and then cityscapes on Coruscant and just quiet footage of like the Death Star and Gungan City and Maz's Palace, then forest planets. It's just kind of another chill out episode you just kind of like watch the various scenes kind of goes in the same way that the like the ship tours did yeah kind of like in that not 100 percent in that realm but but kind of yeah with the the biomes and whatever that what that series was called the wasn't ship it tours. just ships i don't remember for sure but either way with with those it was footage that they made specifically for those but the idea i think is the same so, uh, and a, a similar idea. It, you it appreciate that one. It's more appreciating the design and the sound. This one is more specifically about the sound. But you do kind of appreciate more of the design too, because you're actually paying more attention to the stuff instead of the story. True. Then the next episode is excitement, and you have all different kinds of chases: the pod race, speeder bikes, General Grievous, and Obi Wan on his lizard. I love that lizard. That. Mm-hmm. That, that was cool. My favorite Star Wars creatures. I love the sound it makes. It sounds like a zebra. I don't think I've ever heard a zebra before. Well, you've heard that lizard, so the lizard sounds like <laughs> a zebra. <laughs> Point taken. It, it doesn't sound exactly like that, but it has zebras sound weird. <laughs> they, I don't even know how to explain it because it's not like a whinny like a horse. They just they have a weird sound that's all their own. Nice. I watched a lot of nature shows as a kid, so I I know a lot of animal sounds that like nobody else would know. Oh no, that's amazing! That's very cool. <laughs> and you get a lot of scenes from all over the series because it's like all the exciting scenes. So you get stuff from the Mandalorian, you get stuff from Solo, you get a bunch of scenes of like entering and exiting hyperspace. It's kind of cool when they put things together, like you know George Lucas is saying about how things rhyme. Like the same similar things will happen in each movie. And some of these, it was like they lined up a bunch of scenes that were all very similar. I loved that they put together the scenes from both Attack of the Clones and The Mandalorian, where they had the Slave One firing off the seismic charges. Because that the bombs that the Slave One has, that's like the coolest sound in all of Star Wars. Oh, it I is. Mean, that I great. love that sound. It's just, oh, that is neat. It's like super quiet and then it's like the bois you get on any like Michael Bay trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that sound. I love that they kind of put those together and had a little sequence with, with them from both things. And then of course a bunch of lightsaber fights too. Yeah. That was kind of neat to see all the lightsaber stuff together. And it's it's interesting because um obviously like when they did lightsaber fights with the original series or the original trilogy, you didn't really have that many, like they were mm-hmm. climax pieces and not to say that they aren't in other episodes, but it was, you only had Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and Luke. And, yeah. you know, you get into um, prequel trilogy and then sequel trilogy. There is so much more of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so much more like extremely choreographed stuff that looks like mind blowing. Oh, yeah. And then that episode ends with a lightsaber turning off. Yoda turning his lightsaber off. Understandable. I do I do wonder with lightsabers, like, <laughs> if you dropped it. And I know you kind of got that in um, the prequel trilogy. But if you accidentally dropped your lightsaber, obviously nothing is going to stop it. It can pretty much cut through anything. Would it just go all the way through the Earth into outer space and just keep going forever? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess I always kind of wondered if maybe they only turned on when you have your thumb on the button. Like maybe if you took your thumb off the button, then it goes off. I know in Legends they talked about like lightsaber construction or like over the course of a few different books, and it was one of those optional things. Like there was some that would only do that when you held it down. But I imagine mm. like in a fight, it would be hard to like yeah, keep your hand on hard. that while you're yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's one of those things that you're not supposed to think about. <laughs> Probably not. Don't think about dropping the lightsaber. <laughs> I just want to know if it, you know, cracks a planet into because it goes all the way through and sets off like massive volcanoes. I mean, I, you know, all of a sudden like Tatooine goes up like a like a balloon or something. I'm going to assume that if you drop a lightsaber, you have some time to get it before it actually goes all the way through. Because like you can tell like... The, I'm thinking specifically of the scene in Phantom Menace where they're like trying to cut through a door. It takes True. them some time to get through the door. So I'm going to assume that it doesn't just slide right through the earth like butter. I was really <laughs> hoping it would. Like, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> you just drop it, Nelson. <laughs> Oops, I accidentally cut the planet in half. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Anakin! <laughs> that sounds like something they would do on a parody. Of Star oh, Wars. that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'm adding that to my list. <laughs> and then you get two episodes, one after the other. One is called Dark Side, and the other one is Light Side. And it's all the different Dark Side and then Light Side things happening. Specifically, with Dark Side, you get the Darth Vader's breathing, Kylo Ren and holding his helmet, and of course, breathing there. You get Force Chokes and lots of Force Lightning. And this made me think about I never put two and two together. On the in the last Star Wars movie on Exegol, you have the planet that's like there's lightning happening everywhere. I guess I just thought that that was like oh it's just a stormy planet. Mm-hmm. But was the thing was this supposed to be like force lightning all the time? Like is that what? Because <laughs> like I mean, it's an evil planet and that's where like the Sith cult lives. So maybe that was force lightning, not actual lightning. I never even thought about that. I mean, it could be, and I'm stretching here, but if it's such, if it's a planet that steeped in the dark side, it's yeah. possible that it's force lightning created by the clouds or by like just the presence of that many people together. It could be, yeah, kind of like I, static I electricity just never kind of thought thing. about it before. It's just like, oh, cool lightning. <laughs> but then this with it was lined up in the sequence with all the images of people using force lightning. I was like, oh, maybe that's actual. Maybe that's force lightning on the planet. It's possible too. I will say my favorite part of this episode was um, like when you had Darth Vader breathing kind of throughout mm-hmm. that bit. That was probably my favorite part just because it is such a specific sound effect. Yeah, Like you hear that if you've watched, you know, even five minutes of Star Wars media, you're going to mm-hmm. know what that is. Yeah, I, f- I feel like even people who have never seen a minute of Star Wars in their life would hear that and know what it is. You'd hope so. Either that or they'd say, oh, it's a scuba diver. <laughs> <laughs> Then with the light side, you get like people reaching out into the force and you get like Yoda pulling up the X-Wing and levitating boulders. And you have, everybody hates the scene, but I love the scene with Leia flying through the air, like reaching out and then fly. I know everybody hates that, but I, that was one of my favorite scenes when I first saw that movie. And I got home and read the (laughs) internet. I was like, oh, everyone hates this. Okay. (laughs) Well, and I, from what I had read and I know that it's, I don't know. I guess I didn't think that much about it. Like it was, it was an interesting piece, but what it was apparently supposed to relate back to was at one point in Carrie Fisher's life, she had talked about wanting to like die cloaked in moonlight or dancing in the moonlight or something like that. So that's kind of what that was relating to. Okay. I don't know, but yeah, I loved that scene. And apparently I was the only one. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't fussed too much by it. I mean, you know, they fly through, they, I mean, they rev up, you know, a lot of people's favorite scene is when they rev up the um, hyperdrives and like oh, bust yeah, through too. the one ship. I, that was so cool. Yeah. So in that same vein of, okay, well, this couldn't happen in outer space, but this other thing could, The you know, the two scenes in, in my mind are always balanced as far as, you know, mm-hmm. people's well, least like, favorite and people's most favorite. With Star Wars, I don't, I don't care about what can and can't happen in outer space because there shouldn't be any sound in outer space. So it's just like, this is another universe. (laughs) Just go with it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then this this is probably only funny to me, but you had all these episodes that they're called wonder and excitement and dark side and light side. And then the next one is beeps. <laughs> Highly appropriate though. Like if you know what you knew exactly what they were talking about, like wonder and excitement. You're not quite sure what you're going to get into with those with beeps. You automatically know. Uh, yes. This is like every droid in the series gets a little moment here. Of course, R2D2, C3PO, BB8, the little R5 droid that breaks down on Tatooine and evil BB-8 <laughs> mouse <laughs> that, droids. Is then, the one, is the one, um, the R5, is that the one with like the giant, like the one wheel? R5 is the one, it's... Oh, it's no, that's the, from the, yeah. The, it's, he's outside the Sandcrawler too. He's the one they're originally going to take and then he breaks down so they get R2 instead. Right. What's the, what's the one with like one wheel that appears in Rise of Skywalker? Dio. Because that one he appeared like, a like lamp. Yeah, that one appeared all the damn time, and I absolutely hated that droid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any good reason for it. It just felt so unnecessary to everything. And I apologize. I'm, I'll get get off my soapbox, but <laughs> I just it just I, I just like why are you here? What what yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's at least it's a different droid to hate than everybody else's everybody else's most hated droid, which was L3 from Solo. Which is another thing where I watch the movie and it's just like, oh, she's my favorite character. She's great. I love her. Then I get home and read the internet. It's like, oh, everyone hates her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You do you. If there's something that you enjoy, then I say more power to you. It's just kind of funny that I'll watch something and I'll really enjoy something. And then I get online. It's like, oh, apparently everyone else <laughs> feels the exact opposite way. <laughs> And then the next episode is Connections, and it's more of the emotional stuff, like lots of hugs and yeah. people reaching out through the force. Is it bad if I say that this one felt like it didn't fit? Like it didn't really focus? Like, you know, the, the thing about this series of them is the, the sound design, the visual design. I just, it didn't do anything. Like I just sitting there like, yeah, it's fine. It's I, nice to see yeah, that connection I, thing, but it just didn't. It wasn't needed for this. It didn't fit the what everything else was. Yeah, you're kind of right. Because this was more about watching the different emotional moments. It wasn't really about the sounds. Right. And the thing is, part of what made those emotion or those moments good, yes, they're quiet moments, but there was, you know, like where Han and Leia or where Han is going into Carbonite. You know, he says, mm -hmm. she says, I love you. He says, I know. Like, those are what make those moments. Mm-hmm. And music, too. Music is very important in those moments, too. Very much. But yeah, these were much quieter versions of those moments. And I didn't think about it, but you're right. It is. It does really kind of feel like it doesn't fit with the rest of them. And that's fine. It's not that big of a deal. It just, I don't mm -hmm. know. Eh. And then the last episode was probably my favorite one. <laughs> oh, mine, too. I loved Oddities. That was so good. <laughs> this is all the animals and... Like I've said before, I love the Star Wars creatures. You get all sorts of things, like from every movie and TV show. Um, I'm sure there's probably things in here that you haven't seen. I was I was watching this the other night. I was like, oh, this is kind of spoiling things for her because she hasn't <laughs> actually seen some of this stuff. <laughs> you know what? I take most, unless it's like a massive spoiler. I, I don't, I don't. I take most of it yeah. in stride. Well, most of this is kind of like there's no context for it, so you probably don't even really know what you're seeing. So, exactly, exactly. Like the, all the Grogu stuff. It's like, oh, it's Grogu. Yeah. He's adorable. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. He's such a cute little puppet. <laughs> you know. There was the, that, that reminds me. Like, of course, if you've seen Mandalorian, Grogu eats frogs. Like, yep. <laughs> there's just a bunch <laughs> of scenes with Grogu eating frogs, and I, I started thinking, there's a lot of frogs in Star Wars. <laughs> and we're, we're we'll get into that in the in when we talk about the actual movie too but i didn't really think about it before but there is a lot of frogs in star wars well, a lot of lizard based things or amphibian based things because yeah you look at a lot yeah. of the creatures in um phantom that or the the prequel trilogy like and i i suppose they stand out more because you think like mammal-esque things they just mm -hmm. kind of blend into the background but yeah the the lizard and amphibian type things they they definitely stand out I mean, yeah. you got the Gargans, you got, um, 
oh, what's his name? Bulba? Sebulba? Sebulba. Yeah, he's um, the, he look, he, to me, he looks like a deformed horse. <laughs> <laughs> True. I just was thinking that like his skin looked very kind of shiny like a lizard. Oh, yeah, he, he does. I don't know. There's just something about his face. He looks like a really weird alien horse. Yeah, well, he's got a very long face. But yeah, you get all sorts of scenes like the, with the scenes from the different properties that have like the cantina scene where there's tons of aliens and you like go through and see all these different creatures that most of them I have no idea what their names are. You get <laughs> the game scene from Solo playing Sabak mm-hmm. with all those creatures. Um, Maz's castle with the what is her castle is it a restaurant i don't know but yeah, it's a a canta- i mean it's essentially too. a glorified cantina <laughs> i don't remember was um cantabite was that on there i don't remember seeing that i think there was a shot of cantabite the outside of it in the first episode when it was like doing the cityscapes okay but now that you mentioned that i was like that would have been a perfect thing to fit into this oddities episode yeah. or the horse thing so yeah. many weird things in there oh yeah absolutely yeah i don't remember seeing it but i it was more like looking back now, I'm thinking I didn't see anything from that because they did focus on Maza's um, like her cantina thing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The most Eisley cantina, obviously. You know, that's another thing that was left out. They left out the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was on purpose. <laughs> oh, come on. You can't tell me that you wouldn't want to see Harvey Corman with a, with the <laughs> volcano on top of his head. <laughs> Uh, I think I have had enough of him. Oh, come on, <laughs> for a while. You just need to watch it again, and that'll that'll re that'll reignite it for you. <laughs> there were some scenes that I wouldn't mind rewatching, but I did not like him. No, was, I don't blame you. He's not my favorite character at all. <laughs> you preferred the uh, the weird uh, the weird droid guy, right? That kept like breaking down that he played. Oh pff, no. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite things were like the really weird things. Like I loved the end. Like it was so surreal. I'm going through space and like what was what was going on? I don't know, but I I liked I liked pieces of that special. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just being <laughs> silly. <laughs> it was a very mixed bag. Oh yeah, but yeah. That was the last episode. It ends with the belching frog from Tatooine. <laughs> As you Another do, frog. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, those are the web series that i found there's other random things that i'm sure are out there that i have not seen i would i i kind of wanted to talk about the lego star wars video game but i actually haven't played it yet <laughs> but maybe the next time we do an episode on star wars i will have played it and can tell you about it cool I'm just That'd be I'm awesome. too much going on i haven't gotten into it oh no worries but yeah these were all interesting i wouldn't mind having some more of these but i think like i said with the last time I want some live action animal documentaries. <laughs> that would, that'll be in my ultimate wish for Disney plus content. Understandable. Well, I mean, star Wars certainly isn't going any place, although with, from a movie perspective, I don't know like what your next step is with that. Like it almost mm-hmm. seems like a mini, like a limited run kind of series would be almost better for a lot of what they want to talk about. That way I, you can talk yeah. about multiple planets and people and, like, look at how awesome the Mandalorian was. Or yes. Obi-Wan, it looks like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that looks so good. Yeah, I feel like Star Wars is almost best in a television series format. Like, it's amazing to see some of the stuff on the big screen. But, like, as in terms of storytelling, I think it works better in a serialized format. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you from, and it's, again, I apologize. I don't mean to keep bringing up Legends, but it's probably, like, the... Outside of the movies, it is probably my main source of like my connection to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, they had these little tales from the cantina and tales from Jabba's palace. And you got to learn about all these like stories of all these characters that were there. And it was just, they were really cool because you got kind of an insight into the palace or, you know, the most Isla cantina or the bounty hunters or whatever. I feel like I might've read tales from Jabba's palace. Was it a kid's book? No, it was, it was, oh, um, okay. I mean, it was probably two or 300 pages. I mean, it wasn't like, it was probably teen and up type of book. I know when I was early teenager, right after I watched Star Wars for the first time, I was checking out a few books from the library and there was one that was in the kids section that talked about Jabba and some people around him 
I think well, there was I'm a sure story about were... his father too. Okay. Well, I mean, and I'm sure that there were, I mean, the, the books aren't, you know, they, they go back to, um, you know, after um, a new hope came out, they were already starting then. So, I, I mean, you know, you, there probably have been dozens upon dozens of books across, you know, all of it, both kids and adults. Mm-hmm. Cause that probably would have been after um, Phantom Menace came out, like around the prequel trilogy. Like when, when you mm-hmm. were checking stuff out. Yes. The, I think the Phantom Menace had just come out at that time. Like it had just come out on, well, back then it would have been VHS. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, it was VHS because we bought, that was how we first watched them was we borrowed it from a neighbor. We borrowed mm-hmm. all his VHSs because he had Phantom Menace and the 1997 re-releases on VHS. And we borrowed those. Nice. That's how we first watched them. Nice. Well, and those two, like George Lucas, like very much like Disney, knew how to market Star Wars. Like everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was toys and the like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he wasn't going to sit on his laurels and just be like, oh, this movie is going to release. You would have everything associated with it possible. Sometimes for better or for worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's anything. I mean, I remember it like this. I, don't, I never had one, but I remember the thing. And it's kind of one of those infamous products now that jar jar sucker thing where you like his mouth opened and you sucked on a giant tongue lollipop oh yep 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 (laughs) not every product is a good one but you know you live in (laughs) i'm sure there was some weird kid who thought that was amazing oh i don't doubt it well there's there's always like how many like product fails like reels are there out there of just photos or video of just product after product that just was ill-advised I'm sure you probably could make a whole list of Star Wars ones. I don't know them all, but I know that if one existed, there's probably more. Oh, yeah. That's always the case. Or something that was meant to be one thing, but, you know, the one person was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like this. and That happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Tons. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.